Welcome back to the first episode of the Agrarian Christian Society with your host, Purim. While at church a couple of Sundays ago, we were asked a question, are you a good person? What is the first thing we do when we start to contemplate this question? What we usually do is start to compare ourselves to one another, saying, well, I don't cuss, or I don't have a different girl over every night of the week, or I'm not as prideful as them, so therefore I'm a good person. But if we're truly honest with ourselves, we are terrible people because of the fall of man in Genesis chapter 3. This isn't only with our outwardly actions, but also within our in our hearts. As Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, 21 through 26, you have heard that it was said to our ancestors, do not murder, and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, anyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift on the altar, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and reconcile with your brother or sister, and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to court, or your adversary will hand you over to, be, to the judge and the judge to the officer, and you will be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will never get out of there until you have paid the last penny. Charles Spurgeon's commentary on this says, Christ here shows us that the commandment, you shall not kill, deals with anger and angry words, with words of cursing, with words of derision. All these are killing things, hurting and wounding things. And the passion of anger is forbidden under the commandment, you shall not kill. People have not thought so. But it really is so, for he who is angry with his brother is a murderer. There is the spirit, the essence of what which leads to murder in the passion that breeds malice and revenge. The law of God is spiritual. It touches the emotion, the thought, the desire, as well as the words and the actions of men. If I desire ill will for someone, I have within me what would desire his death. And that, what is that, after all, but murder in the heart? Matthew chapter 5, 7 through 30. You have heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. John MacArthur's commentary on this verse says, Jesus is not advocating for self-mutilation, for this would not, in fact, cure lust, which is actually a problem of the heart. He was using a graphic hyperbole to demonstrate the seriousness of sin, of lust, and of evil desires. The point is that it would be better to lose a member of one's body than to bear the eternal consequences of the guilt of such a sin. Sin must be dealt with drastically because of its deadly effects. What Jesus shows us is it's not just our outwardly actions. 
that are sinful, but also what we think and feel in our hearts. This is and was a shocker for me because we all get angry while working cattle and working on equipment. What we need is a heart change. And there is only one thing, person, that can do that, and that is Jesus Christ himself. And the great news is that he can change our hearts. John three sixteen through 17 For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In John chapter 14, 16, and 6 through 7, Jesus told him, I am the way, the, the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will also know my Father. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit of now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts. And we were by nature children under wrath, as the others were also. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. He also raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavens in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might display the immeasurable riches of his grace through his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourself, it is God's gift. Not from works, so that no one can boast, for we are his work, workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. This is showing that we have a loving God and sent his Son to die on the cross for us to spend eternity in heaven. No matter how many good works we could do, there is still a huge gap from our sins, even our secret sins, the desires of our heart. So no amount of good works we do, we can't save ourselves. We have to go through the Son, Jesus Christ. This is important because we can only boast in Christ and not ourselves. When we understand that we are sinners and we're going to hell and need a Savior from the eternal lake of fire, that's when we repent and come to Christ alone for salvation, to be set free from sin, and have security and eternity in heaven. When we realize we fail, and the only way is through Christ, this is when we die to self and live for Christ. And this is where our hearts change, and we do good works because of His goodness. But our hearts, even under this new covenant, is prone to wander, as it says in the song, Come thou fount of every blessing. O to grace, how great a debtor, daily I am constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love, here's my heart. O take it and seal it, for thy courts above. So when we are Christians and we have the relationship with Christ, our hearts are still prone to wander. But thankfully, when they do, that as a Christian, we are covered by the grace and the mercy of Christ and washed in the blood. 
We will have to repent, but his mercy will cover our past, present, and future transgressions. So I will leave you with this. Trying to follow the law, we will fall short of the glory of God, and therefore we need Jesus. So how's your heart? Thank you for joining back with the Society. We'll have another episode in a week or two.